Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is The Finch Show and I am James Finch. My guest on this episode is Matt Gonzalez, who goes by Matt Made on Instagram. Uh, they've done some really cool things, helped me out personally with some issues that I've had, so it was really great to get to talk to them. Without further ado, here's Matt. So uh, we were talking just before we started recording that you work at Hogwarts. I and, do. <laughs> and I'm just going to let you like go ahead and just explain what that is because I'm okay. definitely interested. So, um, yeah, when people are always uh, like when that conversation comes up, it's just, oh, what do you do? Oh, I do. I'm a teacher da, 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 or someone else. Uh, I work at X, Y and Z store. I work at Hogwarts <laughs> and it's so odd and it always catches attention and I love it so much but um I work for Universal Studios um Hollywood and I'm a ride operator and I work on the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ride and my office if you will is a 200 foot castle that we all know and love called Hogwarts how did that and start? um so I've actually been working for the company for four years now and um, before Universal, I worked at uh, Knott's Berry Farm, which is another really big local theme park. And um, at Knott's Berry Farm, I did, I was scare acting for Knott's Scary Farm. So, you know, blood, gore, costumes, spooky, uh, fog and spider webs, the whole nine yards. And when the season ended, I want, I liked, you know, theme parks and I liked working for theme parks. So I stayed and I worked on rides at Knott's Berry Farm. So, um, I worked, I worked there for about a year and a half at Camp Snoopy. And then I was, that's like the little kid rides and, you know, a bunch of kids running around and that's fine and all, but, um, I felt like I wanted to step up from there and, I didn't, I, you know, I was like keeping my options open and I wanted to see what else was out there. And I had zero idea that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter even existed at Universal, like zero clue. And I, you know, like most, uh, most, you know, people like grew up reading and, and watching the, the books of Harry Potter and like, dude, that'd be so sick. That'd be so sick. So I applied for just general, like right off. Right, right operator for Universal Studios. Like I didn't, I was hoping that I would get picked to be um, working on this ride because it's the biggest attraction in the park. It costs the most amount of money, the most attention grabbing attraction in the theme park. Um, I went into the interview and literally, this is literally how my interview went. I sat down, they were like, oh wow, you have experience. What ride do you want to work on? <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, like in a heartbeat, I was like, Forbidden Journey, 100%. And um, here we are, four years later, still a Hogwarts student. Here you are. The, um, <clears throat> I guess, because I'm trying to think, the um, what kind of training goes into that? Like, I imagine part of it's got to be like the whole operating the ride thing, but then is there like, uh, I don't know, do they are you expected to be fluent in harry potter prior to or if not at least get caught up very quickly 
Yes, actually. So when you get hired from the company, you go through like orientation and like, um, like a lot of, I, I mean, Starbucks, when I worked for Starbucks, Starbucks also did this where they would like kind of teach you like the history of the company and um, like, you know, you would learn about the background where it came from and where it's at now. And, you know, a lot of companies do that. So you do that when you get hired for Universal, but if you get hired in the wizarding world, also you do this thing called brand training. Mm. So it's a specific course, like specific training that you have to do all about Harry Potter, everything Harry Potter related. <laughs> um, your whole day of training is literally like doing trivia, uh, scavenger hunts, you watch clips from the movie and like basically like how you said, get caught up you know, or like see what you already know about the wizarding world, because it's not this land, the wizarding world isn't like other places, you know, it's selling a specific experience, you know, and you, they want our team members to be as involved with this IP and with this um, like brand as possible to immerse the people who come visit us. So, you know, knowing a lot about, about it, like, is very important to sell the experience. Mm -hmm. And what, um, are do you have, um, is it a thing? Cause I'm like, I have, this is something that I have like zero experience or background in. So that's why I, I, I'm having to like ask these in very broad fashion. Um, now when you're, you're interacting with guests, do you have like a part you have to play on top of it? Or is it just kind of smile and okay, get on the ride kind of thing? Kind of both, to be okay. honest. Um, so part of the, th like one of the big, like no, no's is like, you can't cross in with the main, like how to, how to explain it. Like, like you can't change the continuity of the actual stories that was written in the movies. Like you can't be like, oh yeah, I'm like best friends with like, <laughs> you know, Harry Potter. Like he's my homie because like obviously if your best friends are going to spend a lot of time with someone and you obviously are not in the movies so you're not you know so you're kind of like a background character mm. you know someone who went to hogwarts at some point you know so you are a student and you have to sell that experience that you are a student to these people but at the same time not everyone kind of every, someone some people don't want to talk to you they just want to go on the ride and have their like do their own day so they're you know Peace out. Have a good time kind of thing. <laughs> so you kind of have to play the part without changing the main story, but still enhancing it. Mm -hmm. So basically be part of the story, but don't overpower it. Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. That's a, now how on a scale of one to 10, how big of a Harry Potter fan were you prior to getting the gig? Um, Probably like a nine. Oh, okay. So this before like, they get yeah. <laughs> this is like right up your alley <laughs> and then like ex no exactly yeah like i said i grew up reading the books and watching the movies and the whole thing and um getting because like we grew i grew well i mean me and then people who are slightly older than me grew up with this and so there's a lot more younger people who kind of are just experiencing it for the first time. And now I get to sell the same experience and the same excitement I had to these younger people. 
as well as the people who enjoyed it at the same time or longer than I have and in like make their you know make their enjoyment even further Mm -hmm. that is really cool uh god it'd be it'd be so interesting to see you know it's occurring to me that I've got uh, I'm one of those like weird outliers I've never read a book I've never seen a movie um and I'm not saying anything bad against it I'm you know my wife on the other hand is like a Harry Potter freak so like (laughs) she would and I've got tons of family member do and I have my sister and her her kids were actually there I think just last summer so that would have been interesting if you came across them and you know what a small world it is that we live in um well outside of that um outside of Harry Potter because you know obviously from you know, looking at your Instagram and some of the stuff you've created and some of the stuff that you've done um, mm-hmm. outside of Harry Potter, what other interests do you have in the sci-fi fantasy world? Okay, this is like my favorite thing. So <laughs> like I mentioned, um, I started scare acting at Knott's Berry Farm and um, I have gone on to do scare acting at Universal Studios for Halloween Horror Nights, which is actually what I'm wearing now. It's a Halloween Horror Nights shirt. Ah, okay. But um every year I try to do that. I try to get to, cause not every, it's very selective, like very, very selective on who they choose to be their actors. Um, and so I'm very involved with the horror community and everything spooky. Like that's like my, my entire personality outside of 3D printing and like nerdy stuff. It's everything spooky, everything scary and gore. And I love it, love it all. <laughs> so scary. yeah. Very, I get to, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. What, um, you, you say that you love that. What's your favorite scary movie? Like if you had to pick one, like right now, what is um, it? Probably Trick or Treat. Okay. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah. Is it more it, on the gory side or more on the tension side? A um, little bit of both. Okay. Um, it's, it's very, okay. Cause like, Yes, like I said, I, I love gore and blood and all that nasty stuff. But also at the same time, there's definitely times where like in different movies that overdo it and like just kind of ruin it. And it's like, well, you know, whatever. But <laughs> you you can use gore to, to, to further the story, mm-hmm. you know, and trick or treat like is very gory, but also it doesn't do it in poor taste. Mm hmm. And it's kind of like an anthology story where there's like four different stories going all at once. And at the end, it kind of twists them together. Mm, okay. Like, I don't want to spoil the movie because I highly, <laughs> like I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's on my list now for sure. The, um, yeah, I think you're right. The, you know, when it comes to the gore aspect of horror movies that I'm like, I'm of the generation where I grew up with like, you know, the original like Friday the 13th and Nightmare and Elm Street movies, like seeing them in theaters and on VHS tape, because that's the amount of gray hair I have. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the thing about those is, you know, and I always felt like a good horror movie is that it'll be interesting to see if you agree. I love the the gore aspect because the gore aspect, if done correctly, raises the tension of this is what could happen to the character you care about. Or another right. character you care about. Um, I'm like going out on a limb here. Did you, did are you a Stranger Things fan? Yes, my guy, my guy. Um, uh, I have. Um, I'm a okay. It's very complicated. <laughs> uh, like I said, I Universal. You know, 
we, you know, so in 2018, what year was that? Yeah, 2018 and 2019, we actually had a Stranger Things maze. Mm. And in my opinion, I did not like the maze at all. Really? It was not, yeah, no, no, no. It was not good. I did not like the maze. It was just kind of like to drive them like the merch and oh, okay. the hype because like all the young teens love it you know and like it's good story and a good show to, and to watch and enjoy um but the maze wasn't good so it kind of turned me off to it and i kind of didn't really enjoy stranger things because like i was just so like like oversaturated with stranger things at this point Mm-hmm. And then so Stranger Things, they got announced Stranger Things 4, and then the hype was building and building, and like it was like huge now. And and then it actually came out, and I was like, ah, I'm not gonna watch it. Whatever. <laughs> that was um, a that that's crazy. That's funny you said that was like I think in a way that was sort of the exact same way that I was with Harry Potter. You know, <laughs> the content of the books and movie aside, I just felt like without having seen or read any of it, it was just societally and culturally speaking, being crammed down my throat to the point where I'm just like, you know, it, and it's weird. Like, I don't know if you have this with happen with anything else, but it, it's like bizarre that like psychologically, like you can get turned off to stuff like that. And sometimes I even hear people say that stuff about the Marvel movies. Like they feel like the MCU has been crammed down their throat so much that they just are just uninterested in watching it. Never mind the fact the movies are good, you know, like if you didn't have all that other outside pressure coming in, um, excuse me, the point I was, I was getting to um, is that for anybody out there, if you watch like stranger things Four, um, when it comes to the gore aspect, like early on in the season, you see like, a couple people who get like horribly jacked up by this thing that they're dealing with and knowing that like one of the member of like the beloved crew is like marked for this in the future like seeing that gore earlier on is what raises the tension for it right because Mm -hmm. you're constantly terrified this is going to happen to somebody you actually give a crap about you know i mean not that you didn't feel bad for the other teenagers to have but no it can't happen to that person no that'd be horrible um Okay, trick or treat. That's that's on my list of things to watch. Um, so as we move over to what it is that people love to hear about on this podcast, we have obviously have to get into the three D printing side of things. Um, yep. Where did you start with that? Um. So, uh, a lot of people, from my understanding. Uh, got into it during like the main lockdown of the pandemic and I like a lot of people have stumbled across Trinkly Built um, on YouTube and um, so like I live like 30 minutes away from Disneyland and they have the Star Wars Black Series helmets in Tomorrowland and um I was like, dude, I want a stormtrooper helmet. That would be so cool to have. Oh, they have a Boba Fett helmet. That's so cool. And I'm like, $100 at least for these helmets. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. So I was looking in ways to like make something like that myself because like, what else do I have to do with my time? I watch YouTube anyways. <laughs> so um I, like I said, I had somehow stumbled across 3D printing and then 
there's this one guy who has like insane Iron Man stuff and um and I'm like well the concepts behind it don't necessarily apply need to apply to Iron Man like it can be kind of anything and that's what's kind of cool because now not only can I make Star Wars stuff I can make Iron Man stuff I can make you know um DC stuff I can you know all the nerdy stuff that I'm also really interested in and so I pulled the trigger I got my first 3D printer and you know followed along with Frank and I stumbled across more YouTubers and uh, more creators and uh, really talented people who kind of like taught me like by proxy on YouTube and um, it was more of a casual thing and then I saw that like oh damn people I actually can make this happen and you know make this like more than just like a hobby like it can be half hobby half business half social media kind of thing and I wanted to commit to it and really wanted to try it um so I started posting more often on Instagram and um dabbled in TikTok a little bit because it's really easy to blow up on TikTok apparently um <laughs> I haven't I haven't had much luck with that me neither <laughs> <laughs> but um does it matter I'm not doing it for the fame or whatever like I really enjoy making this kind of stuff and I also kind of struggle with um like learning things and translating something that I see into my brain and then from into my brain into execution like I, like, I don't know if it's like a learning disability but like if it, like I know it's so cheesy and corny but like literally if I can do it anyone can do it mm -hmm. and sharing that experience online um made it possible for me and then so now I'm trying to do the same thing for anyone else who might want to be interested in something like this mm -hmm. for sure um <clears throat> I don't know about you but I sort of feel like I, I'm like one of those people who like gets perpetually frustrated like for example if I'll be watching like one of frankly built videos or like another video on youtube of how somebody does it and i'm like oh okay so that's how you do it and then if i go and do it and it doesn't work exactly right the first time i get so frustrated like i get so <laughs> mad i'm just like and then i just want to give up you know and i think a lot of people go through that but it, i think it's just it's just a matter of persistence you know even that you know as somebody who's been lucky enough to talk to frank on a couple of occasions you know he'll flat out tell you he didn't get it right the first time you know a lot of what he's doing is trial and error that got him mm -hmm. to the point where you know and and um yeah that's um what was the first printer you got um actually it was an andrew 3 pro mm -hmm. and i quickly realized like oh shoot there's other printers out there too <laughs> and there's bigger printers out there too so um, I had the Ender 3. I, I printed my first helmet in like a bajillion pieces because nothing, I have a big head and nothing fits on that printer. I mean, a lot of stuff fits on that printer, but like when you have a big head and you don't know when you're starting out, you know, you learn things along the way. But um, I got a modification kit and it made it bigger and it was that was cool. And that taught me how to disassemble and learn the printer inside out to like modify it into something that it's not supposed to be so i can f i fully understand it at that point understood understand whatever yeah. and then um it 
quickly spiraled out of control from there. <laughs> it always does. It's a rabbit hole. It's, it's yeah. a rabbit hole. What, uh, what all you got now? Um, so I have that Ender 3 uh, Pro still. Um, still modified, but not as heavily modified. I kind of dialed it back and made it. Each of my printers kind of have a different niche for what I want them to do. So like my Ender 3 Pro still has like the stock build size, but it's 500 millimeters tall. Oh, okay. So it's freakishly tall. Um, and I on there, I printed my Iron Man uh, like shins and thighs all in one piece. I printed other like tall, skinny stuff all in one piece. Like I did a sword kind of all in one, like really slow, obviously, because the wobble, but um all in one piece. And then I also have a CR10S Pro V2. And that's kind of like my, my big hunky boy, which mm. is right there somewhere. <laughs> um, so, you know, wider printers, I did most of my Iron Man chest piece done. Helmets, because like I said, I have a big head, so I kind of have to scale them accordingly. I have a Ender 3 Max. Um, and I only bought that. I was going to buy a second Pro V2, but the Ender 3 Max is a, basically the same print si uh, build size. But on the Black Friday sales, it was like 200 bucks. Ooh. So. Yeah. Yeah. Got to snag. Got to snag it. <laughs> For sure. Do you have your printers named? Um, kind of. <laughs> um, so my tall Ender 3 Pro is... Uh, tall skinny boy um my pro two has two names and i don't know if i can say one of them because it's slightly inappropriate hey it's an 18 plus channel knock yourself out okay <laughs> so for a while i broke something on it and i had no idea that i broke it so i named it penis because ah. <laughs> it just did not want to work i got so mad so i got it like a hi my name is sticker and i wrote penis on it and i just stuck it to the side of the printer <laughs> that's a good one um and then i realized that it was completely my fault and and i didn't know so i fixed it and it was it's been a solid reliable extremely nice printer ever since then and so ever since then i just named it clifford or or big red Oh, okay. All right. Uh, and then I have a Ender 2 Pro. So it's like a very tiny, tiny. Um, and then that one's named, uh, it's just small boy, tall, tall skinny boy, small boy. <laughs> Not very creative, but it, it, it's distinguishing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Ender 3 Max, I named Jonathan after, you know, Mjolnir. Oh, okay. All right. All right. The um <clears throat> are you a fan of the office at all? No. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> this um I mean it's not that I'm not a fan of it. I just haven't watched it to be a fan of it. Right, yeah. Yeah, for sure. The um well for people out there who are listening who do know the office, because the three main printers that I use are all named after characters from the office. And I've got stickers of those characters on there. Um my SVO one um, is named Pam because it's reliable. It just does what it's supposed to do and doesn't give me a whole lot of fuss. My SVO three is Dwight 
it's a little bit more particular. It's a little bit more fussy. I got to fidget with it a lot more. And then my CR10 Max is Jim because Jim's nickname on the show is Big Tuna. And that just... That just seemed to fit, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's always an interesting question, you know, and I, I like to ask people who have printers whether they name them or not. And I always get one or two responses. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, I've got names for them. And then I, the other response is, what? Why would I name a printer? You know, I suppose it's like people who name their cars. Some people name their cars and some people don't. Um, what was the first thing you ever built? Um, see, it's really hard to remember because <laughs> I tried printing something. And I gave up on it. And like, I could just kind of put it in the box. Um, and then I started printing something else, finished it, and then went back to that first thing and then finished it. But it was much better than, you know, so it's kind of complicated. So that first thing that I started and I gave up on was a Scout Trooper helmet. And I printed the faceplate, I printed that weird visor that it has and then i gave up Mm -hmm. put it away in a box i forgot about it for like a month and then this was around the time that falcon and the winter soldier came out on disney Uh, plus yes so then i did a um the flag smasher mask Mm. and it came out really nice a uh i you know sanded it and painted it and put the red i like the red handprint on it and it looked so good. And I was like, okay, all right, all right, all right. So then I went back to the scout trooper, printed the the rest of the dome and all the little bits and bobs and finished it. And it looks, it looks really good. And I'm really proud of it for it being my first finished thing. Mm-hmm. Like my first big finished thing because Flag Smasher is just, you know, like a hockey, like, like a hockey mask almost. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're um what uh, what process do you go through for kind of post production on your prints? Um so I tried a lot of different things and some of it worked to varying success and some of it didn't and I know some people try like have used these methods and have better success than me and like I, I guess a lot of people have their own sort of methods and like that's totally cool but where I'm at now is um, kind of sort of start with 80, take it all the way down as much as I can, you know, make it look as, as good as I can. And I suffer from super, super bad impatience. <sighs> Let me tell you, it's the worst. <laughs> so, you know, so I'll take it down with eight you know, where I can't get look as pretty as I can or until I feel frustrated enough where I want to move on to the next step because, like, I feel like I will start to hate what I'm working on if I don't make progress. And if I'm, just, like, sanding and sanding and sanding and sanding, I'm done. I'm not mm-hmm. going to – I'm going to care. Mm-hmm. Um, so 80 and then – I'll do like a 120, um, you know, of course. And then I do, all I use in between, like besides sandpaper, is the Dupacolor filler, um, the filler primer. Um, and that, that I, I like that the most out of any of the filler primers that I've tried. Um, I don't know. I, it's just, it looks the nicest. It sands the nicest. It 
um, dries the quickest for me personally in California because um, I know humidity and weather you know plays a big factor into that too. Um, so, and then once I'm happy at a, around 120, then I just spend like an hour wet sanding it with 220 and call it a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, paint it. Because, <laughs> like I said, I'm so impatient and I want to crank <laughs> things out. Like, I want to be like, look, it's not perfect and neither am I. And I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm right there with you. I love, um, I love everything about the finished product. I love everything surrounding that, except for that giant pain in the ass part of sanding. I, I, yeah. and I am not shy, but I hate sanding. I cannot stand it. And I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. There's nothing more frustrating than when it's like, you know, I'll have something, I'll start off at like an 80 and I'll go to a 120 and I'll go to a 220 and I've got the filler primer on and I think it's looking really good. And then I hold it in light and I can still see layer lines on one part of it. And I'm like, damn it. And then I go outside and I start sanding it even more. And I'm, I'm exactly where you are. I get impatient. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I need some dopamine hits here, man. Like this stuff has got to start looking better. Exactly. So I'm satisfied. That's, exa- that's exactly where I get with it. And I, and I know what you mean. Like I've literally, I've got a shelf over here. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six unfinished helmets on a shelf over here to my side um, that are all in various stages. Cause inevitably I get frustrated and it doesn't help the fact that like somebody like Vec or Walsh or somebody will like put out a new model. And I'm like, Oh, I want to do that one right now. I feel it. One of my buddies, uh, uh, Yosh, uh, Yosh studios, um, mention the team they constantly constantly pump out these crazy models Mm -hmm. and i feel i feel like they're almost like you know they're up there with like walsh and beck and like on you know how detailed and how good they look and you know honestly like how much i enjoy them so i always i always send them dms like bro you need to slow down i can't keep up with how much you're releasing (laughs) and um so huge, huge shout out to him because he, a lot of my models, I'm like a lot of the stuff that I have printed and made on my page have come from, from Mitch and the Yosh team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I super, super great and super, uh, super great guy. And you know, everything like that. Um, yeah, it, it's for me, it's about the do- like dopamine and from, my formative years of watching Mythbusters and Adam Savage. Uh, the one thing I've learned is um, like hide your crimes. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can kind of get away with leaving the backside of something. You know, something a little, little more rough, roughed up. If you're not gonna, if it's just for pictures, in my opinion, I will leave it. I'll leave it not, not too finished up. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like most of my stuff sits sits on a shelf, anyways. Or if it, it's gonna be taken like two pictures of, and it's gonna sit on a shelf for me to look at, and I'm not gonna look at the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Does that ever so bother I'll, you though? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm envious. I'm so envious of you. <laughs> um, on my on my page, I posted a Miles Morales, um, like an Iron Spider Miles Morales build, and the back of the head is not so pretty, but you know what? You're never going to see it. And <laughs> it, it sits in a, it's, it's, it sits in a display shelf and I'm never, if I, unless I move it, I'm never going to see it either. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that because 
like I said, it yes, I want it to look good and I want to enjoy making these things, but also at the same time, might as well save the elbow grease. You know, but if it's like a full-on cosplay, like I'm going to take it out and show people. Of course, I'm going to do the whole 360 degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, and that's just me personally. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I, know, I know a lot of people get upset about it because I've been told things before about it. And like, you know what? I don't care. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. It's all about what you want to do. 100%. Yeah. I, 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 I say that like I'm like different in that aspect, but that doesn't make, you know, one right and one wrong, like at all. Like if that's that's your comfort level i'm one of those like people who unfortunately like genetically speaking i like inherited a certain level of ocd and i like do that kind of thing where like you know i've done something like that and i like i because i did a scout trooper helmet and it looked really great um one part of the underside was like a little rough and it sat on my shelf for like two months and every one of my friends who came over was like oh man that thing looks awesome in my head i'm like Except for that one part. Except for that one part. And it drove me nuts for a couple of months. Eventually, I took it outside and sanded it and repainted that whole side of it because it was just bothering me. Like I say, but like I say, that's why I'm envious of you because it doesn't bother you. Like I wish it, <laughs> I wish it didn't bother me. That would be that would, you know, that'd be so much more peace of mind. Um, and, and it's the bizarrest thing, like whenever I'll I'll get a new model that I'm really excited about, and I'm sitting there looking at it in Cura. And I'm so excited and it starts printing and I'm so excited. And, you know, whether it's a one day print or a four day print or whatever, I get excited, like more and more anticipation building that how great this thing is going to look. And then it comes off the printer. And when I'm into about like the second day, depending upon my schedule, not like of sanding. And I don't mean like I sanded it for two days straight. That That's like, that's like the most critical point of any build. Right. Cause that's the point where I could just be like, I'm done with this thing. I'm so tired of looking at it. I got something cooler on the printer anyway. I just want to move on to that, you know, because that's the way your brain is. Your brain wants the satisfaction of just, you know, but, uh, you know, you push through it and, uh, yeah, turn out some really amazing stuff. The, um, that speaking of awesome stuff, that, um, Samurai Iron Man helmet that you did, I thought was just absolutely phenomenal. Was that another one of the, the Yosh models? It is, yes, and it's all there, another great example of things you'll never see. Um, on on the on the helmet, it, you know, you have the face plate, and then you have the like I don't know what to call them horns, antlers type mm-hmm. things, and then you have like the back shielding. Mm-hmm. If you notice in all the pictures, you'll never see you'll never see the left side of the helmet. That's for a reason. It's because it's not painted. <laughs> oh, not even, not even just it's a little rough. It's just not painted. I mean, it's like red. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, like, look, there's like gold detailing, you know, on the side. And, you know, for the side that's in the picture, um, I painted it gold and, you know, made it look nice and that kind of stuff. But the other side is not painted. And it's, you know, and, like I said, also did that on purpose, kind of because the way it sits in my sh- on my shelf on my display, it it's in the corner of the room just because it's kind of a large print and a large helmet. Mm-hmm. So you, you you only see the front and the three quarter view of it. So like, but that to I'm I'm gonna go back and finish it eventually. Um, just because, like you said, it is probably one of the coolest things i've made and i love that thing so so much um 
it's so unique and so different and it stands out it, it, it has a presence and I was taking pictures of it in my parents front lawn because you know they, they have a pretty lawn they're pretty you know front yard and my mom walks on she goes is that Iron Man <laughs> I'm like yes yes it is so like to distinguishly know that it's Iron Man but also with a little something something like it it just looks so good and I love it so much mm-hmm. it, yeah it looks phenomenal Let's say, is that thing like is it um like the faceplate does any of that come off to like make it wearable or is it just like a solid shell kind of thing um so yeah the faceplate comes off like a traditional iron man okay. um and the jaw it, it so it has the dome and it comes down like without the faceplate it comes down to about your forehead and, and like a like a semicircle um and like I said, the faceplate kind of like clips on, like it kind of like a battery, like it goes in like that. Um, it has magnet holes. I just didn't use them because it sits on my shelf and I never take the faceplate off, mm-hmm. but I can. And then that like the back shielding has a like a peg hole and it kind of just slots into place and it holds itself in place. Mm, okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's a phenomenal looking design. And uh, I absolutely love the way it, it looked on your Instagram. The um, outside of that, what have you got? Uh, what have you got kicking around upstairs for, you know, dream builds you'd love to do someday? Dream builds or like what's coming soon? Either one. We'll start with okay. what's coming soon. Well, yeah, let's go there first. So okay, so like I said, I'm in the middle of a move, so I'm kind of taking things slow at the moment, um, just because I'm focusing on moving my entire life mm-hmm. somewhere else and. Um, but as soon as I'm done moving, I'm doing Yosha's Poison Wolverine. Mm. And that thing looks insane. It looks spooky. And like I said, I'm all things spooky. So like anything remotely spooky, like I'm in. So um, that's being done as soon as I move in. Um, right now, so I, at the end of this month, there's a horror convention called mm-hmm. Midsummer Scream. And my girlfriend and I are going dressed up as some of the killer clowns from outer space oh, with a twist. Classic. It's it's more like, you know, like a cot like a like a bound. Or like a like you know how there's Disney bounding. So it's mm-hmm. not like we're dressing up like with the masks and the, the, the clown costumes. So we're doing like outfits inspired from them. Okay. And so she's dressing up as Shorty, um, and I'm just dressing up as Jumbo. And um, I, it's, I actually don't know where it's at. Um, I printed the cotton candy gun, mm. um, and I'm currently printing the popcorn bazooka. Oh, nice! So, so we can walk around the convention and look, you know, look all, you know, with the with the the, the costumes that we're making and have like a little prop to go with it. So um, love that movie, love that movie so much, and it's so cheesy and corny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Cotton Candy Gun is basically done. I just don't, I actually don't know where it's at. Um, the popcorn bazooka is huge. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Grab it. It's in pieces because, like I said, I'm still working on it. <laughs> but here's the main like body of the bazooka. 
Whoa. That is cool. Wow. Was that um, um was that a model that um you yeah, found, I just found it on Thingiverse? Oh, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I found it on Thingiverse. I modified it a little bit because it's not quite printer friendly. Like I don't know why it's on Thingiverse. Mm-hmm. I mean it's a 3D model and I can put it into Kira, but you know, the way supports are and how you know how 3D printing kind of works, it's not it wasn't really friendly. So I had to modify it, cut the files up in certain ways and um it's being printed in like 20 pieces oh wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah th- this it's like bigger than my head yes <laughs> um and it's just just the main body there's like another part that goes like here and then the bur- the barrel's gonna stick out this far oh my god yeah it's huge and it's you know it, hopefully i can finish it in time because the convention's at the end of the month yeah con crunching yeah i was um i'm I'm unfortunately in that position where i was i was um con crunching for c2e2 in chicago it's coming up the first week of august um so we're like three weeks away um and i literally had to get to the point where like four days ago where i just had had to admit it's not gonna happen like it's just straight up not gonna happen because i've got this big like workspace in my basement which is like where i do everything through all my printers are it's where all that is um and while i was moving stuff around down there because not only is it where i do all my 3d printing there's a space down there that we were just using for storage that i plan on clearing out and actually building my new podcast studio in um to have more room and that kind of stuff um upon doing that i realized there was a gigantic crack in our foundation and i'm like oh no so i had to contact a company and they're coming and they got to do all this stuff. So right now it sucks. Like all my 3D printers, all that down there, all have like painting tarp over top of them. Just to keep all kinds of dust and stuff getting on it, um, which stinks, but it is what it is. It drives me nuts that they're just sitting there not running because pretty much since I've gotten into 3D printing and I got into 3D printing, I mean, I'm not going to tell the story. I got into it, but not really. It was like back in like January that I got into it hardcore. Since then, they've run like nonstop, um, and now they're not running, and it's it's, it's actually kind of sad. The um, I, I have to ask though that that main body that you did there, what uh, what infill percentage is that at? <laughs> uh, one. Oh, really? So it's yeah. just like almost just like a shell kind of thing, huh? Yep, and it's. Yeah. It's still pretty sturdy, and mm-hmm. I'm surprised that I'm not breaking it because mm-hmm. it's basically hollow. Oh, okay. Basically, I would have done it completely <laughs> hollow, but I need, I printed it like this, mm-hmm. and I wanted something the the, the top layers to sit on. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's hollow. Right. Yeah, I could imagine, especially if you're making something that big. If you did that thing at like ten percent or like God say twenty percent, your back would be sore five minutes into the. <laughs> to being there that would just be like wow okay all right so that aside what uh what uh dream builds do you got in your head um well i'm currently working on an iron man suit but i already have another like want (laughs) that i want to do like at some point so the lb1 show just finished and they had the purge troopers Mm. the new the new ones 
and those look so good mm-hmm. and um i would love to do one of those new purge troopers um at some point mm-hmm. um i just don't think i'm after knowing what i know now about doing this iron man suit I think I'm going to wait on to do anything that big for a little while. <laughs> it's um, it's a hell of an undertaking. Like yeah. I, I thought that early on in the 3D printer, like, oh, that's cool. I'm just going to do a Mark 85. And it's like, once you start printing stuff and like parts begin to pile up, you're like, oh my God, this is like, a, this is like trying to eat Mount Everest. Like, yeah, yeah it blows my way. Some of those people like Frank and Kiera who will just like crank a suit out in a couple months and it looks, and it, you know, talking to them you know they talk about how frustrating it is and the things that they go through but from looking at their social media you wouldn't think that like oh i'm gonna make this suit and all of a sudden like bam here's this like beautiful looking suit it's you know taking the time to stop and admire all the all the hard work that went into that um do you follow galactic armory at all actually yes i I actually have an affiliate link with galactic armory oh really yeah um like i said i did a lot of star wars stuff Mm -hmm. um so yeah i uh got to talk to him a a few times and um i was one of the i believe it's a hundred people that got chosen as a as an affiliate oh cool um yeah yeah i've been i i've been blown away following him because he's the one who's working on that life-size master chief that he's 3d printing and that's yeah, like, no that's one of my, <laughs> that's one of my dream build. But when he talked about how it took him like seven printers in six months, just to print all the pieces for it. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. So, okay. So if I only have three printers, basically that would take up all three of my printers for over a year. And I don't know if I have that patient. I just have to like talk to my wife, like, Hey, listen, I need to buy seven more printers so they can be doing this <laughs> on the side while I'm doing the other stuff I want to do. <laughs> um, Another, okay, so, like, I know we said dream build, but, like, it kind of already happened. Uh, I, I, you know Brittany, uh, mm-hmm. Captain Britt on Instagram. Um, she contacted me, and um, I got to do her Mighty Thor uh, uh, armor. Yes, yes, yes. Um, which was a huge honor because, like, she's, cl- you know, pretty close friends with, like, you know, Frank and Kiara and all of them, and uh I mean, I literally found out that we live like pretty close to each other, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. It just kind of blew me away that I got to do something that someone really wanted and make them, you know, make it for them and have them enjoy it. And like it, such a huge challenge too, because I've never worked on someone else's like body. Like, I don't know. I wanted to do it right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like with myself, I can sit there for like three hours measuring just my arm if I wanted to. Yeah. But, you know, with, a you know, a time crunch and, you know, wanting to do a good job. And um, it was a huge, uh, like, I didn't know at it. I didn't know it at the time, but it was a huge honor um, and a huge dream of mine to do that for, for someone. And it was so much fun building that, that armor and it's not done yet mm-hmm. either. You know, we she wanted to take it to the the premiere for the movie, so we kind of had to pick and choose what parts got done and um, stuff like that. So it's just gonna get better from from here. Mm-hmm. For um, sure. I yeah, no, I I loved working. I loved working with her, and she's so great. Um, 
Yeah, she yeah, um, super grateful. Yeah, she showed that um, when she was on when she was on this podcast, she showed off that helmet. She was like, "Oh, you know," she was so excited, <clears throat> and that was like that was such a funny funny episode because it, I don't know if you know the story or not. We recorded that episode, um, and then we were talking on the phone after we got done recording the podcast and my zoom and my surface pro like just went belly up and didn't save any of it like at all like Mm. just gone like off to the nether um so as we're talking on the phone i said to her i said man i you know first of all it's embarrassing you know um i'm like hey is there another time that you know you'd want to re-record this and she was like i don't have anything going on right now let's do it so we were like re-recording the podcast and we were attempting to like do the best we could to remember what we did the first time. So I actually got to, the real only reason I bring this up is I got to have like your helmet showcased to me twice because <laughs> she did it the first time when we recorded. And then when we had to go through and re-record it, she did it again. And she was, I remember like talking to her even on the side, she was so excited to have that helmet. Um, yeah. So hats off. Cause that's, 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 that looked really amazing. That was awesome. And um, yeah, no. So, part of the like I said part of the thing that was like really nerve-wracking to me was getting scaling right Mm -hmm. and I nailed it and like I don't like to talk myself up I don't like to you know brag whatever but like that thing fits her perfectly Mm -hmm. and you know what of what is done for her armor it looks she looks so good in it she looks so great Mm -hmm. yeah it does and uh seeing the picture of her wearing at the premiere that thing was like spot on and that's like scaling is the, one of the things that, I mean, other than sanding, drives me absolutely insane. Like, I don't have any patience for it. Like, I just have this really bad tendency of being like, I'm just going to print it 100% and see what happens, which is idiotic because <laughs> you're going to spend three days printing something. You could just like spend some time actually measuring yourself, idiot. <clears throat> I'm terrible with that. I'm terrible with that with helmets. I'll always like go into like mesh mixer and take a helmet and I'll like slice like a tiara and just print that. And that, that's how I like idiotically do my scaling. But so far, fortunately, one of the things that I've figured out since I've gotten to 3D printing is I've got a pretty average male head, apparently, because 100% works about like spot on with just about everything. Um, do you do you have, you don't do like, because I've seen some people where they've got like the scanners where you can like scan body parts and stuff like that. And I have a couple people tell me I just need to get one. And I'm like, yeah, but they're like a couple hundred bucks. And I'm like, do I really need it? You know what I mean? Um, I don't have any like special sort of scanner. I mean, like I have like a newer iPhone. So like I, when I was making uh, Brittany's stuff, I actually took a scan of her through my phone. But the way that the app works, it like made the model like this big, like <laughs> not even joking. It was probably like an inch tall of her just like, <laughs> a little bit <laughs> yeah and i was like okay so like we spent all this time scanning you and it's kind of unusable but it's hilarious that it's just like a tiny little like t-pose of a of a, of a brit um that's good <laughs> but um yeah no i just like measure like you know they say measure twice cut once mm-hmm. yeah for me it's like measure like 14 times do like half a cut and then be like, wait a minute. And then kind of measure three more times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know how that goes. <laughs> so yeah, I got into a point where like, I kind of can figure out um, 
scaling a little bit quicker now, like on my own self, um, because I, one of the helmets I printed like fits me like immaculate. Like I forgot which helmet it was to be honest, but um, every time I, I make a new helmet, I throw it into the slicer, put it to the same scaling and then whatever new helmet I'm making, see if I can fit within this, you know, within a little bit of wiggle room of the same size. And there you go. There you go. Yeah. Hey, whatever works. That's one of the interesting things about talking to, um, you know, getting to talk to so many different people who do 3d printing. And it seems like everybody kind of has like the general rules that they follow, but then everybody's got their own like little quirks or ways of going about things. And I always feel like if it works, it works. If it works for you, then it works. You know, I'm, I'm terrible at it. I'm, I'm just so insanely impatient. And I'm one of those people where I'll like, you know, on the opposite, I'll measure once and then cut three times and then get mad and not <laughs> at myself, like un, unrealistically angry at the printer or the model. And that doesn't make any sense, but mm-hmm. it's something I'm, you know, it's something I'm hoping to improve on. I'm trying to become the better Finch at this. Um, but we are, um, we're getting up against the clock here, man. Um, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to come on the show. Um, is there anything you want to say on the way out? Um, I don't know. It's just like, well, first things first, I, I, I totally like it blanked on me, but um, I want to give another huge shout out to one of my other buddies in this same um, Iron Man 3D printing space. Uh, huge legend, huge, like one of my new, new, like, newest friends, um, Rairo Studios on Instagram. James. Yes, James from Iro Studios, one of the best people I've ever talked to, and we've become really close and talked a lot, and he's helped me grow and learn, not just in 3D printing, but like how social media works, because apparently I have no idea what an Instagram is. <laughs> well, you know, like, uh, um, I'll, I'll say this. You say that he's a great guy, and all I'm going to say is that you don't know him as well as I do. He's not that great of a guy. He's a St. Louis Cardinals fan. And <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. That guy. <laughs> but yeah, huge, huge appreciation for him. And then, uh, like I said, going out on, on the way out of the door, like if you, I don't know, Stan Lee said it best. Like if, if you can dream it, you can, you can do it. I, I don't know if that's the exact quote that Stan Lee said, but it, um, a version of it stuck with me like you know if you have an idea that you genuinely think is good like don't let some idiot talk you down from it like mm-hmm. actually like do it like legit what's stopping you mm-hmm. you want to do something okay do it like actually what's stopping you like there's so many resources out there there's so many people who can help you with what you want to do um i never like i'm nowhere near as talented i mean i'm I'm a little talented. I'll give myself that. <laughs> but there's so many like huge, great people out there. You know, Frank and Kiara and Emily, and um, I actually got to hang out with Danny from CTK um, Creations. Like we hung out and like we spent like eight hours just building printers together. Oh yeah, that was a day he had like had a whole bunch of printers he wanted to put together, right? Yeah, we built like seven Ender Five Pluses, like. And we just spent the whole day talking and we went out for food and such a great guy. Like there's, like I said, there's resources and there's people out there that want to help. Mm -hmm. You just got to 
no one else is going to want it except you. Right. That's basically it. That's basically mm-hmm. it. like if you want it, you you legit can do it. Mm-hmm. The community's there. It's a great community. Um, and I always tell people like whether it's 3D printing um, or it's just anything you want to get into, you're going to want to get into it. There are going to be idiots just like you said who are going to try and talk you out of it. The biggest idiot who's going to try and talk you out of it is yourself. That's the yeah. idiot. That's the idiot you need to put in their place. Like, just do it. You you know, you only get to live once. You only get so many times on this earth. You know, so many years. Make it worth it. That's what I say for sure. Mm-hmm. I love I, I love the way you put that. I can't argue with it one bit. And um, I guess if any of if you guys find yourself at Universal Hollywood, please come up and scream <laughs> at my face and say and say hi. Yeah, I'll ask you. So, how long have you been best friends with Harry? Tell me all about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, sir. Uh, once again, I want to thank you uh, so much for uh, coming on the show. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again. All right. So that was the episode with Matt. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun talking to them. I'm going to get out of here. But before I do, I want to say thank you to all of you for liking, subscribing, sharing all those things that make this thing grow. And also, I love all of you. Hope you take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time.